0: So hi everyone. I'm with uh, Neil Johns, who's the director of customer contact operations at Merge, um, who is specialist uh, recruiters for the collections and recoveries uh, industry. So Neil, great to, great to chat with you again. Um, re- re- Thanks, really really good to see you. So um, really interested in just hearing some of the things that you've been hearing through the lockdown period. Huge amounts of focus on on resourcing and volumes and those kind of things. And so because I, I, I'm really kind of keen just to really capture your perspective, really, and what you've seen.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, as you'd expect, um, a lot of what I'm hearing in terms of the industry is with regards to the impact on impairment figures as much as anything, and Mm. obviously the ramp up that ultimately that's going to see at the back end. Mm. Um, I think post-furlough, which is obviously having a big impact in terms of how people are recruiting currently, um, I think that you'll see a lot of movement in the the collections and recoveries functions um, with regards to recoveries and litigators specifically. Um, mm. There's been a, a big requirement, certainly within um, commercial collections, um, for the litigators. Um, we've seen a big a big increase there, and from a volume perspective, I think we're going to see a really big increase um, in terms of both. Um, Operational collectors, and certainly from the, the third-party collections um, mm. sector as well. Um, yeah. I know uh, specifically with one client, I think, you yeah, know, talking figures in in the thousands, really, in terms of ramp up um, from the um, right. collections frontline piece.
0: And do you think that's going to change? So, obviously, we're sitting here at the what the the you know in the start of November now. Um and we' just had we just had furlough now extended just yesterday right out till 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 march um uh, we've got you know the payment holiday changes have sort of gone through we've just gone back down into lockdown um a lot of what 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 you know we've been hearing has been sort of like you know there's been a lot of sort of ramp up of hiring particularly on the consumer side um in anticipation of it ending but now it hasn't ended i mean what's how how do you think that's going to impact it um
1: yeah i mean it's it's difficult to assess because certain there's definitely a variance in terms of clients so there's those that um i guess are doing exactly what you just said chris so they're in that we're prepared phase let's get people in let's get um all the bodies that we need Mm. um and, and i guess in place now Mm. But the other side of that coin is I think furlough is creating a bit of a a clog in the whole system. So Mm. that commitment from senior stakeholders to put those people in place until that furlough scheme ended, because I guess wider business implications are, are you going to commit to making, I guess, the redundancies that you were going to make in the business until that furlough scheme ends, Mm. which then ultimately, from a recruitment perspective, creates gaps within different parts of the business. So there is a real flux there in terms of how businesses are approaching it Mm. and the whole approach i guess to the the digital recruitment world which is in essence what we're predominantly in at the minute is Mm. is very variable by clients Um, Mm. so there are those that have been very risk averse to making hires in a virtual world um, and there are those that have absolutely embraced it um, and are are, are very much you know down that channel already Mm. so there's no one stock answer to it to be honest and not to mm. sound too much like a um politician um it, it is absolutely there is a, a real differential between how businesses are looking at this
0: mm. and i suppose so, some some ways some businesses will, will hire early get ahead of it yeah um, other ones other ones are almost like in that wait and see mode and wait for it, the actual volume to hit before they then go out and hire
1: massively and i think that where We'll see some really big changes and quite a lot of movement in this this sort of area this sector is those that have sort of gone early um i think will have picked up some great people because i think the perception that
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know people that have been made redundant or a market that's flooded with redundant people or they they obviously um and as has got a great caliber i guess is um, you know a defined search mm-hmm. i think that's that's a myth that's gone in this market because yeah. The number of redundancies, the number of people that have been made um put out of work has meant that there's there's genuinely some fabulous people. Um yeah. you know, I shouldn't say this because as a supplier, a recruiter, there has been a lot of direct hiring. Um yeah. because the businesses that have been savvy are aware of that. I think where you get real use out of someone like myself or our business is i guess finding those those niche roles where it is still about you know pulling somebody out of a business um, mm. um and that, that generally we, we've been finding is more in the digital space mm. um, and again that's where businesses that again have been ahead of that curve in terms of the digitization so looking at pushing in terms of using up you know whatsapp functionalities and such like um, the businesses that have been ahead of that, you know, they've got prime people that are sat in their business and other people want them. Um, and that's, I guess, where you would engage with somebody like me. Do so
0: you touch a little bit about digital recruitment? And, you know, that's that's been another debate that I've sort of you know been hearing a little bit about as well. Do we go do we go completely digital uh, with all the working from home, including the onboarding, the hiring and everything like that? Um, or, you know, or do we have some people still in the office? I suppose the huge advantages about being 100 percent digital in terms of like you can hire people from wherever the country absolutely I mean, seeing, I mean i mean are you seeing more more people sort of like the geographic independence is sort of disappearing or what's 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 the themes you're picking up there
1: so there's two um so i think again there are businesses that have absolutely been on board with this from day one and have no issues with doing it i think particularly mm. in the fintech space mm. um, and unusually actually in, in the gi space which i guess that from an external perspective you would have that probably a bit more stoic and not as mm. uh, evolutionary, but they they really have been on board with the whole digital piece. Yeah. Um where I think it's been a bit slower um in terms of people adapting is is, is, is more traditional banking it. Um
2: yeah.
1: really um they they've not, not been as fast on the take up with digitization. Um but I think the biggest flip on that that I would say um in terms of how that process will look moving forward is in the fifteen years that I've been doing this I've never seen a switch from the first question I get asked now from a candidate perspective is what is the flexibility? How many days do I have to be in the office? And that has always traditionally predominantly been cash. Um, And that is now not the case. It is very much around how many days do I have to be in. But then to flip that again slightly, from the start, that was very much in a, a world, I think, of people have got themselves into a mindset of, I would rather be at home pretty much most of the time. We are just starting to see a little bit of a turn on that now in that people mm. still want that bit of flexibility of going into offices for a bit of interaction to do you know, key meetings where it's multiple stakeholders. Um, so there is a bit of a bit of flux on that.
0: Yeah. So the whole sort of working from home versus being in the office, where do you think it's going to evolve to? So you talk about it sort of changing. I think
1: multi, multi-use, multi-purpose. Yeah. I think, I mean, personally, I work from home 99% of the time anyway, and I love yeah. it. Um, but the majority of our business prefer being in the office. Um, and and we've had sort of such a kickback on that, that, you know, people have, uh, right quite early on, were saying, look, when can we get the office open? Because they like that interaction. And again, I think not to sound repetitive at the start, definitely the feedback we was getting was predominantly home with a little bit of office. And I still yeah. think that that's where we're at. Um I still think that the majority of people, if they were on a three, three, four uh, days at home, one, two in the office, that's the ideal, really. Yeah. Interesting. We did a poll um uh, on LinkedIn uh, from a, a candidate perspective and that was very much I think it came out sort of 80% plus was people wanted to be at home three four days but when we did the same poll but from a client perspective it was the complete opposite were mm. um, you know clients still wanted that three four days in the office but you can have one two days at home mm. um, so it's, there's, there's definitely going to be an interesting clash there at some point.
0: And it's kind of it's really interesting because there's a real sort of I think there's a sea there's a sea change i talked about sea change before in the whole the whole environment and it's almost like that we're having to learn to how to build relationships over video calls which i think yeah, is definitely. and i do yeah. think um i think initially sort of we've all been off we've all been off um at home you sort of like you you leverage your existing relationships don't you but like now we're having to learn how to build it through video calls.
2: Massively.
0: um and uh you can really sort of see the change sort of happening um you know and what happens going on with going forward from here i mean there's such huge benefits about being remote um but that there's that just that little piece around the relationship piece or going out to see clients or going out to see um you know which is just you just get a lot from a relationship point of view i think
1: it, it's a big learn for us really you know mm-hmm. science or tangent i guess they just purely the collections, and you're exactly right chris because yeah. we've always really business developed in a real world um yeah. so, when a lot of our, say, um, key clients maybe put the skids on uh, any recruitment and you were in a business development world, in a in a lockdown world, yeah, I think we went through two, three months where we almost thought that it was socially, I don't know, incorrect to try and start developing um, yeah. new clients because it didn't feel like the right time to do it, especially, yeah. you know, at the start of lockdown when, let's be honest, there were, there were much greater things going on than, um, you know us trying to get new new work new business in. Yeah. i think as it's gone on I and mean, this has become you know more of a this is for the long haul um yeah you've had to develop those sort of virtual business development skills which mm. predominantly i think we found um our greatest success through that has been via a third party recommendations yeah so you know rather than just going in fairly cold and bullish um is using the likes of you know, LinkedIn and using a third party recommendation to say, look, I don't, I don't just want to hassle this person and, you know, them think I'm being a bit bullish, but can you, mm. a word in for me, and and we found that that has, has worked pretty well, actually.
0: I just think there's just massive change going going on at the moment. Um, so, so, so what about, so the other, the other sort of uh, item that's on the horizon is, is IR35. Um, and what's, what's, what's the latest on that? Because I know that got put off, right, till, Till, so I think it was March, wasn't it? Um, Indeed. Is that, is, yeah. What's 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 your what, How's that impacting the business? I suppose we've We've had a bit of a, a stay a Stay of execution, I suppose, on some of it in so it's not. Well, it, it totally time.
1: was, and you know, as a business, we completely um, prepared for you know, uh, essentially IR35 kicking in in terms of mm-hmm. a lot of the in turned into fixed term contracts or, um, you know, assignments. It, it, it has had a massive impact, w- without doubt. There are less contracting opportunities now. There are more long-term contractors than I've ever known who are switching to um, permanent work. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I know, um, and I, I could be standing uh, corrected on this, I think it has been passed into law now in terms of the IR35 thing. So I think the odds on extension, again, um, come, come next March are slim to mm-hmm. uh, none um so i think it's yeah it's definitely something that um yeah it's here to stay but it, it there's no doubt it's had a massive impact on the contracting network um, yeah. and, and there's a lot of really great contractors that i've known who you know have struggled to get alternative work this year really
0: mm-hmm. so, so you touched a little bit before about um you know being a lot of people on the market versus with with furlough versus there being a lot of open positions um i mean do you think it's a is a hirer's market or a, you know a um, an, an employee an employees market in terms of the position? I mean, how do you sort of characterise it? Because it almost like feels like it's you described. It, it's almost like it's segmented, right? In some places, yeah. people are really looking for people; they're they're desperate to get new skills in and get resourcing in. But in other areas, it's sort of been there's there's opportunity, and people unfortunately are sort of like got, are now coming onto the market.
1: Yeah, and and it's an interesting juxtaposition because I think there is really high demand for the people that. I guess a lot of businesses were procrastinating about pre-COVID. Yeah. And again, it goes into that digitization piece as much as anything, Chris. Yeah. Um, in that I think a lot of those people all want the same people. So even yeah. though there's a lot of people in the market, those people in the market aren't necessarily what the clients want. Um so they're more sort of, you know, certainly relating to collections um, and recoveries, more I guess, traditional and, and standard um collections process, whereas really what the market is demanding is Quite a lot of the people who are in the digital side of things who that isn't what, you know, essentially what businesses have let go. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this real, there's some great people in the market um, and there really are, um, but I think a lot of the people that are in the market aren't necessarily what what is being demanded by industry right now. Um, and you know, as a classic example, there's a lot of big ops leaders, um, you know, big people leaders. But then there's a lot of shrinkage within the um, big contact centers' operations mm. because people are trying to do things. You know, people are mm. trying to do things more digitally moving forward. I think that that will only, in a collection's world, mm. it will go back again. Just because you know, look at the the sort of debt figures, the impairment figures, everything leads to the fact that it
2: will.
0: I mean, digital's been a huge topic, right? So I mean, and everyone's been trying to put in digital pathways. Technology and those things, which is you you're alluding to just in terms of you know the skills I mean what do you think happens to, to larger call centers then do you think they the call center is going to decline or do you think it's going to decline go up a little bit with um with volumes and then and then go down again or
1: everyone that always sort of predicts that, the decline of contact centers uh, it never really seems to actually happen so what I personally see is a lot more multi-skilling um, I, I do genuinely see that there will be a lot more multi-skilling of the operation of the contact centre. I do think there might be a bigger move um, in terms of people moving their collections uh, operations to either specialist BPO collections operations from a cost perspective. Um, mm. It is impossible to think that we're going to come out the back end of this and the bottom line impact that has um, obviously happened that somebody within you know, a finance procurement area isn't going to go, well, actually, can we shift this to a third party um, specialist? Um, I do think there'll be a lot of that. Um, but I don't see the numbers, certainly from collections and recoveries coming down. I think where we might see uh, in a wider context, which I guess is out of the collections world is, you might see a lot of the servicing piece being reduced um, and that will be again, working on an om- omnichannel channel proposition, but more um, multi- multi-operational really from a frontline perspective.
0: Yeah. I mean, you talked a little bit about consolidation of um, contact centres, and you see that like that like sort of creates economies of scale, um, which 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 I think I think could potentially happen. But what what do you think about onshore versus offshore? So there's been some conversation you've had around. Well, how do you feel about? people working from home if they're offshore um or if it, having the work offshore but then even if they're working from home offshore i mean what what's you know are the risks around that i mean you, you, any 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 insight on the move on that or
1: yeah i mean i'm not hearing too much about too many people uh, or too many businesses should i say who are um, massively looking to, to to go back into you know more offshoring of that work um and i, I think that It'll be interesting to see um, how that's controlled from a, Mm. yeah, as you say, risk perspective. Mm. But I guess logically to to your sort of, I guess, where you're posing the question, why not? Um, Mm. Ultimately, if you've got the MI, I mean, I think the big myth that's absolutely been blown by all this homeworking um, was the industry always had a hold on people that work wouldn't be as productive at home. Um, You wouldn't have the relevant amount of MI to give the comfort to a CEO, to an MD, um, that people were doing what they do. That myth has been absolutely blown out of the water. Um, And most of the feedback that I get from the businesses that I deal with is that, if anything, they've been more productive. Um, If anything, they're more efficient. Um, So why would there then uh, not be a a route to, to offshore this work? Mm. um or you know um to outsource this work if you've still got those same measures in in in, in place and um, i think that the big shift for me which is sort of the slight um transgression from the question i guess you asked me chris is is the attitude of mds and ceos post this mm. and i think there'll be a lot of mds and ceos who will rise and fall um by the feedback that they get from their senior leadership team about how homework in is work and mm. if you've got a fairly stoic uh, dare I say it, more rigid MD who still believes that everything being centralised, everything being in office, I still need to touch it, feel it, etc. Their workforces are going to be decimated because, frankly, the person over the road who's doing it will, will be absolutely happy and receptive to the new world.
0: Mm. So, it's, And it's interesting what you said about, you know, I suppose, fi- almost like financial pay versus flexibility and the sort of like the balance has changed a little bit. Yeah. Um and you know I think it's yeah and I think you're right it seems like you know the whole sort of market's kind of changing in terms of you know you'll be able to it's competitive if you can work from home you're going to get good people because that's competitive right and that's yeah. a competitive feature for people now because we've yeah. seen it we've seen it
1: yeah massively and I think again yeah I think you sort of posed this question earlier on and probably didn't answer it well enough to be fair I think workforces um who are flexible. So, so, for example, things like planning within your um, back office and collections operations, mm. resource planning is traditionally quite hard to find people from a, a local community or it's the same names that essentially do the rounds and work between different operations. If you are receptive now to somebody who um, can put together your forecasting and planning models at home, you have a completely different network now to work from. Yeah. and you have a completely different workforce to go at and, and frankly uh, uh, you know uh, absolute choice to go at yeah. that you didn't have before but it's just interesting whether people will be receptive to that will they actually um continue down that line because there is a little bit of um feedback from again from from industry uh, i guess there is a split on that there, yeah. there are still those leaders that that still want to put their arms around it Um, and and I I genuinely think that in the next 12 months that's going to be really interesting to see how that evolves really. I
0: mean mean, you really could get really the best in the country right I mean you can just you can just you can you can hire it right I mean you can you you I mean they're accessible um and what about what about salary ranges in terms of there was a lot of this, in the old days there was always this thing around London waiting you used to get a bit paid more and a bit more if you're in London, uh, really because of commuting costs and those kind of things. Are you seeing that change as sort of like I, I'm hearing a lot of like people moving out to the countryside, right? Because they're going to get uh, you know an extra room where they can work and it's like, yeah, and the housing's yeah. cheaper and those kind of things. I mean, is do you think that will flow through in terms of salary rates or yeah,
1: I think that flows through to to, to what I discussed before is is, is literally. It is not the first thing that I'm asked anymore, and mm-hmm. it traditionally always has been. It's about flexibility, it's about how many days do I need to be in the operation, and then you work to salary. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a bit, you know, slightly similar to 2007 2008, I think you will see some salaries pulled in because yeah. I think there is the choice out there, and we have seen a little bit of that. Um, but equally, what we've seen on the flip of that is there's been more buybacks um, than, than we've noticed for a very long time. So mm. um, if there's someone with the required skill set out there um, and you're in one of those areas. So uh, right now, if you are in um, digital, if you are in planning, um, yeah, you know, now's the time to start asking for a bit more money, frankly, because yeah. um, you more likely to get it now than, than you have ever been.
0: That's good advice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is. Strike by the iron's heart and all that, um, because, yeah. Yeah, you know, if you're someone that's in um, digital collections right now, or if you're somebody um, who's in, you know, litigation recoveries, um, uh, certainly, again, like I said, in the commercial sector at the minute, um, those guys are uh, really in demand. Mm. Uh, and certainly the, the vendor third party piece as well, you know, sort of managing the, the, the dcas the third parties any outsourced relationships you've got those guys are really in demand as
0: well yeah yeah okay it's great so so if they were if they were there were things that we need to watch out for over the next six months i'm thinking till the end of the next furlough period or the you know potential lockdown what what do you say would be the the top things to either retrain work on things to look out for i mean what's what's really on your radar there? I always
1: think that in these sorts of markets, and you know, the easiest example is to go back to two thousand eight. Is it's all about value add right now. If you're you know, if you're a business and you're looking at bottom line commercially, what you are looking at is how do we either redeem the money that we've already lent, um, or how do we um, make more money um, in terms of the people that we've ultimately got. So I think the the most multi skills you can be, great CI. I think you know the whole continuous improvement piece within. Uh, the whole collections world will be fairly prevalent because um, again businesses are going to be looking to how can we be the most efficient that we can be through this period um, until we get back to the bottom line being what it should be mm-hmm. um, and I, I think the thing to just watch out for from a hiring perspective um, is if you make an over hire right now so in, in very you know raw form um, if you take the 90 grand candidate for 60 grand, mm. be aware that that is short termists because mm. the market will bounce back. Um, and in 12 months' time, the likelihood is that you will lose that person. and mm. um, so you know, whatever people deal with suppliers like me, they always think we're just trying to get the salary up for the fee. Mm. Um, I've, I've had it with a client recently where they have taken somebody on, on, on a 20 grand decrease, and I've, I've been absolutely verbatim with them saying, In my opinion, that person. Is a flight risk from day mm. one, um, and there's, there's there's nothing that me I as a supplier, can do about that. Um, yeah. So it's it's just yeah, read the market, but don't take the Mick out of the market. Would be I guess in a, a fairly plain vernacular.
0: And, and there's quite there's quite an interesting analogy there with with customer treatment, right? As well, which is like it's about being at least the whole thing now has been around being transparent with customers, being honest with customers. How do you I'll sort of like them. really help them in the situation? it sounds like what you're saying is, is almost like be the same in, in the in the employer treat or employee people. market right yeah yeah treat yeah totally exactly.
1: treat your say. people the same way and, and, and what also feeds into that and i probably should have alluded to this before chris is if you are now moving into that digital recruitment process what is your process what does that look like and um, because there's a danger with a digital process that you can let people let things sort of move in a way that you wouldn't if you were just meeting somebody face to face so you know cancelling meetings late on because it's a virtual meeting and you reschedule it because it doesn't feel as personal mm. Um, that that sort of needs to disappear from the market that you need to value that meeting in the same way that if you were if you were meeting that person mm. you know face to face and just getting an actual process in place because I think a lot of these businesses are still learning like we all are you know new world and all that I hate saying that but yeah. it's uh, it's just a thing isn't it um is just to get those processes in place, make it so it's a standardised process so everyone knows what they're getting into, and try and set those usual timeframes that you would um, to onboard somebody.
0: Yeah. Well, the the world's the world's changing pretty fast at the moment, and yeah, it really Neil, is. Yeah, Neil, I, I really thank you thanks so much for the time as ever. It's always great to chat to you. It really, really is. So, uh, thanks very much, and uh, you know, uh, you know, stay safe, and uh, we'll chat soon.
2: Cheers, Chris. Appreciate it. Okay. You too. Cheers.